I have concluded season two of The Chosen, and at the end of it, they're preparing for this feeding of the thousands. I don't remember if it's the four or the five, but one of the episodes in which Jesus feeds the thousands. And uh, I haven't really said much about it publicly or uh, uh, in many groups, even though we've watched it here many Monday nights. It's a very provoking uh, show that gets to the heart of, I think, something that people have longed for in their experience of faith, that we want to experience that somehow what is happening is both ordinary and yet extraordinary. We want a moment that it seems like this is something human and yet there's something divine. And in that movie, or in those series, it's so clearly uh, a human reality that's going on, but you can almost feel the mystery of God at work, and it sort of penetrates you when you're even watching it. And the movements in people's lives has, because of it has been very profound. And a couple of things I've noticed is, in contrast with the other, I think, most uh, up until this point, the Passion of the Christ being the most uh, sort of gripping portrayal of the life of Christ, um, that they do very different things to you, right? To watch The Passion of the Christ is a very uh, gripping experience. You realize the agony that he went through. Uh, but when you watch The Chosen, you sort of like somehow find yourself like a part of it. The Passion of the Christ can seem like something that he did for me, but the Chosen feels like something he's doing in me, with me, right now. Uh, and what a blessing both portrayals are, and what a gift it is to have the arts help us live more deeply in awareness and understanding of this life that we have been given in the salvation that has been given to us, this work that the Son of God has done for our own salvation I could go on and on and on about the goodness of the series. Um, There is another series that you can watch that's like the Catholic interpretation of The Chosen. And I think every episode they have like a a thing where it like clarifies. And I'm sort of somebody that's like, well, (laughs) like my disposition before things isn't usually like, how are we right and they're wrong? Like that usually doesn't serve my own spiritual good. And oftentimes, if we look at life in a reactive way, right, we can begin Christian, we can turn our own Catholic faith into that. Like, the only way I know how to be Catholic is to be, like, fighting something or be against something or, no. To be Catholic is to be aware that the mystery of God has come to save me. Like, he's here and I'm following this real thing that's happening. That's the beauty that attracts people to want to join and say, yeah, let's go. Right? Now, as we live that, there are dynamics that we can say, ah, oh, that's not true, or that's not possible, or that's, and that's always been the history of 2,000 years of the church, is sort of always needed to clarify, and it does only clarify, typically, in response to things that happen that aren't true. That's the councils, right? There's no, count. the Second Vatican Council is the first time there's not, like, we're going to have a council, and we're going to basically decide what's not true, um, was the first 20 of them. Well, the thing that strikes me, the reason that it comes up and why I wanted to say something about it today was, as I was watching it, there's two things that sort of provoked me. And one's more so uh, because it's happened in multiple episodes. The other one only happens as they're doing the feeding of the 5,000. 
the way that they're portrayed as taking notes, Matthew is portrayed as like taking notes. And then uh, I think as Luke, there's one other person that's taking notes. I don't know. I think it's clear to me that whoever's producing the series is someone who believes faith is born through scriptures, is sola scriptura. They're like placing a heavy emphasis on the fact that there was someone there that wrote this all down. Which isn't the way that it has to be. I don't know that like he was sitting there like, oh, got it. Like, no, oh, and it, this is how he said it. And then, and then it's like, and it gets a little goofy. This is why it really provoked me. At the beginning, I'm like, hey, what I understand Whoever, the, the Jenkins gentleman, gave us a great gift. I'm not going to start complaining. But this, they're like, <laughs> I, don't, I just couldn't take it. Uh, Jesus and Matthew are like, talk is scripting the Beatitudes. Do you guys see this? Have you seen this? They're like going back, they're like, what should I, because they're going to have this big speech. Jesus is going to have this big speech. And, and so there's a group of them that go out and they're looking for land that they can hold this many people, okay? And then they're, and then they're, they're having this big speech. And Jesus and Matthew are like, that, okay, if I'm wrong and it's not Matthew, but I'm almost sure it's Matthew. Uh, like, how should I say it? Should I say it like this? Should I say it? And I'm thinking, okay, I up until this point, like 90% of what I've received has been like, this has helped my life so much. This has helped me understand what was really happening so much. And at this point, I thought, this is the first time I've felt like the chosen has become cheesy. I ask you to watch it and see if it's sort of, I'm like, I don't, I, I just don't think this resonates. And then they're looking for land for the 5,000 to come. And they start hanging up posters, like flyers. They made these little flyers, and they're giving flyers out. And I'm thinking, only someone in American Christianity could be, have conceived this right here. I mean, even we do that, right? We got posters everywhere. I mean, it's not even just a Protestant thing this time. It's even us. Like, I don't think all of the disciples were like, hey, we should get a lot of people to come together so that Jesus can do a thing. Let's make posters. (laughs) Or invitations. I just was like, I couldn't. I thought, and then they set up this big stage or this like, I don't know. They go out and get this land for all these people. Uh, and it just felt a little like um, life light. If you're not from here, I guess you don't know what that. Well, and maybe now it hasn't even happened in enough years, you don't get it. Life light was a big Christian. A music festival that was held just to, just uh, in like Worthing, South Dakota or something. I mean, thousands of people from all over came to this thing. It was amazing, right? And it was really joyful. But it felt like someone who loved life light was trying to figure out how did Jesus preach to the 5,000? I bet it looked something like that. And I just thought, okay, I got to raise the flag. <laughs> I'm going to, I got to, no, I didn't realize it until the, go, the gospel today was about the feeding. And I thought, I'm going to talk about the chosen for the first time. <laughs> right? Now, we should have a faith. We should have an intelligence. We should have a formation in our lives that allows us to look at everything. 
Right? There's people that won't even watch The Chosen because they know that like, the right people didn't produce it. Well, come on. Right? We can be that set, like, you have to, sw- no, we should be able to go everywhere and anywhere and have formation in our lives and in our intellects and in our heart and in our prayer and in the church to be able to say, ah, that seems, yeah. Or to have moments where we're like, ah, I don't quite understand this. And then to, un- to know how to go and look and to see what it would be about. Another great example of this would be, uh, there was a movie on Noah, I think. And a lot of, um, actually, I think a lot of evangelicals were really kind of worked up by it. But as I discerned that, and I thought, yeah, should this be proposed to people that are entrusted with my care? But as I, as I thought about it and prayed about it, I thought, this is like the spiritual exercises of Ignatius. Right? Ignatius has you take passages, he puts you in the passage, and then you pray, and then Christian imagination allows the event to open up more. So then in your own prayer, things happen that aren't in the Bible, and that's fine. That, but, but those are ways the Holy Spirit is working concretely right now for you to flesh something out. Right? And in a moment of Christian prayer... You could be guided somewhere and given a certain grace that is exactly what the scriptures are given to us for. There's many layers and dynamics to this. So for us to know that in our formation, we should be able to look at everything and should be able to account for all good things wherever they may be. But to have some discernment and to realize something doesn't quite strike me here. I wonder what this is about. And if it's the movie about Noah, I'm able to discern and say, oh yeah, this is appropriate. It's kind of like Christian imagination. And over here to think, oh, I mean, is it detrimental to anybody's faith? No. But does it help one understand, oh, the origin of where you start and how you perceive things in Christ will help you get to a different place? Sure. And for us, the scriptures came about in a way differently and are a different part of the foundation of what we believe than it is for somebody who doesn't have the magisterium or the tradition in which to stand on. Is it a reason that we need to be uh, battling each other? No. I think we'd be better off sitting down with our Protestant brothers and sisters and watching The Chosen and recognizing the amazing gift it is that this phenomenon has had all over the world. And then to be able to say, oh, but I'm not so sure about this. And maybe the search for those answers helps all of us. More than this feeding, this one is for you. Here at this altar, what happened on that hillside, whether it was a great production or whether it was just a happenstance event in which thousands showed up, he shows up here to feed you. What a gift it is to be invited to this dinner.